On today's episode, we're going to tell you why the Seattle Seahawks need to target a quarterback to put behind Geno Smith in the 2024 NFL Draft. That and more coming up next. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network. And guys, happy Tuesday. And thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Shout out to you for being our everydays. But I got to kick this thing over to my partner in crime, my guy, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network. Man, in 2019, national champ with those LSU Bengal Tigers. Man, so you know what that means, right? We are here, myself, Damian Parsons. We are here to bring you that championship level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24 7. 365, whether that's draft strategies, whether that's draft philosophies, man, you just want to talk about mock drafts and draft boards. This is where you come to each and every single day, man. Your dynamic duel talking about everything NFL draft DP. Like we started at the top of the show, man, we have a, a hell of a slate, right? We can talk some Seattle Seahawks. We're going to talk about what have we learned. We're going to talk about rookie reports, right? We had a lot of rookies perform well um, from this past weekend, and then we're going to give out those game balls. So, DP, let's get this thing started, man. Before we get started, why don't you give my title sponsor? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. <clears throat> Keith, watching guys watching week eight of the NFL. I was like, all right, what 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 did we learn? What did I learn? And the trend with Geno Smith and the turnovers. And I'm like, okay, I think they are because the San Francisco 49ers on the three game skid. They've lost mm-hmm. three straight. I think the Seattle Seahawks, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, are at the top of the NFC West right now. Right? Had a hard fought, you know, win this weekend against the Cleveland Browns. But they need to target quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft. Keith, uh, are you saying high, like like first round pick, second round pick, or like? What I'm glad you asked. I was gonna give comment. I don't want to piss off Seahawks Nation and think I, I'm saying you got to trade up and replace Geno Smith. That's not what I'm saying. <clears throat> what I'm saying is this: that's you know because they right now, if the draft were today, they were in the inside the 20s and in, in the back towards the back end of the first round, which, mm-hmm. which is a good place to be because I mean you had a successful season. <clears throat> And you're not a bad team, right? Which they're not. They're a really good team. But the consistent turnovers with Geno Smith. So the context for me is like that back into the first, second round, right? That's where you should be looking to target, right? I'm not saying trade up to go try and get a a franchise guy like Caleb or Drake. Just trade the the farm, right? And go up and get one of these elite prospects. But when you think about guys like a Spencer Rattler, right? We we think about the, the Cam Wards, I mean, heck, he's right there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Washington State, he's right there in your backyard, basically. Right? So, you know, maybe Michael Penix slips down the board, right? Like, I'm just saying, with that pick, depending on how low that pick is, 
if you are closer to the very back end of the first round, you're getting a, a rookie deal, rookie quarterback, right? Cheap contract, five years guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? For that, for that prospect, while they can still sit behind Geno for one more year. Because Keith, if I remember correctly, like they have an out with Geno's contract. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up now. If I remember correctly, yes, they have an out after 2024. They have a potential out. Now, it, with that out, I think it's like seven, it'll be like 17.4 in dead cap, right? But the, the reason why I brought this up is because the trend of him protecting the football is, is not even kind of concerning. It is concerning. He's got six interceptions this season. Five have came in the last three games. Two against Cincy three weeks ago. Uh, one against the Arizona Cardinals two weeks, you know, you know, in, in you know, on the 22nd, like week seven. And then week eight against the Cleveland Browns, he threw for two more interceptions. So it's like, all right, what is going on? So it's like in the playoffs, you can't have this stuff happen or you're going to lose games. But what, what they didn't do is we thought they would have done, right, is they had two first-round picks this past year in the draft. We were like, well, maybe mm-hmm. they – because we knew that the, the, the Geno contract was going to have flexibility for them to get out of it. They didn't go quarterback at all. I think that this is this is the year that they do – not high, but back into the first, in the second round, day two, go get you a guy. And I really, like, with the type of coach that Pete Carroll is, I would love for Cam Ward or Spencer Rattler to sit behind Geno Smith for at least a year. Okay. No, and I don't I don't mind those guys, and I don't mind that for the Seattle Seahawks because we talked about them being, you know, what we talk about, NFL franchises being ready for a quarterback, right? Like having your foundational pieces and being ready for a quarterback. And the Seattle Seahawks are one of those teams. They address the offensive line. They address the running back situation. Um, Maybe they can double down on wide receiver a little bit. I know they went Jackson Smith and Jigba last year, but we know Tyler Lockett's getting older. DK Metcalf, they'll figure out what they're going to do with that. And defensively, they have a – I think they have a team – where this defense can travel, right? Like it, it, it's a it's a solid defense um, that you can't expect them on any given week to play high level football, right? Like they have exactly. enough talent on that side of football. So I mean, I can I can definitely understand it. DP, you talk NFC West. I'm gonna stay out there on the West Coast. I'm gonna stay in the NFC West. DP, I'm talking about a divisional opponent. DP, what have we learned? We learned that the San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy. They have a situation, DP. They have to like be in, in the situation is this that Brock is solid, but is he repetitive of what they've had? Right. And I think he's a step above Jimmy. I I want to say he's a step above Jimmy Garoppolo without the turnover. He is. I would say he is. He, he he'll push the ball down the field more than Jimmy would. Yeah, and, and so that's I feel like he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But the question is this because all the games that we've seen them lose, and I feel like I've watched a lot of 49ers football this like this past stretch it's like they've been on primetime games a lot right um Mm -hmm. this this year so you've watched a lot of 49ers football and even watching the tape they're okay as long as they can jump out to the lead right like they're one of those teams where it's almost they should just get the football first right and try to go down and score and immediately put the pressure on the offense and then let their defense step in right make the team one-dimensional let the defense step in know what they're going to do and they're going to fly around and you know make plays right and and, and just give the ball back to Brock Purdy because each team that has kind of offensively attack them right like attack this secondary attack that the, the nickel corner that they have and push the ball down the field and made plays then it became an issue for this offense because it seems like they're trying to keep up. And then that's where you start to see the 
limitations of a Brock Purdy, right? Like you, you start to see the physical limitations. And then maybe this is some of the things that was on tape, right? This is why he may have fell in the draft, right? And not even saying that it was warranted till he fell in the seventh round. But I'm saying, you know, even if he fell to the fifth round, right? Like maybe that was some of the things that they seen on tape, right? And, and, and when I watched it and I'm watching this game because, listen, I was a guy that gave Brock Purdy a seventh round grade, right? And, you know, you can say I'm right or wrong about that because he went in the seventh round, but he's performing better than a seventh round, right? At the end of the day. So I look at it and I'm like, okay, I like what he's doing, right? And that's what I was, I was you know, you have to give credit where credit is due, but then now I'm starting to see the things that I've seen on film, right? Where it's like the arm talent, so the, the occasional bad decisions, right? Because he, I think he threw two interceptions, but it really should have been three because one of them was a rough in the passer penalty, I believe. It was a bogus and, call. And it was already after he threw the football. And then he, he fumbled the, the very next play anyway. Yeah, so he, he made don't the decision lie. to throw the football. Like, it already happened. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I, I watched that DP, and I'm just wondering. I'm like, man, are they back into a quarterback situation and then you could go ahead and fire up the Trey Lance conversation because it's going to happen again and all that. So what we have, what have I learned DP is that the 49ers could be potentially right back in the same spot with, can this quarterback get us over the top? Keith, and I think you, you're, you're justified for that thought, right? Because when teams and what have I been saying this whole time? I've taken, I've been the bad guy, Keith. I've, I've been the villain from the Brock Purdy fan club all summer coming into this season. And even when he was playing well, I wasn't really all in, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, like you said, the ability to drive throws just isn't there. And then it goes back to the Iowa state tape. When he was pressured, he made bad decisions, but they've played ball control. They play run game, play action. Trent Williams in the offensive line is keeping them clean. And then you don't see that. And then these past three weeks, we've seen that. And he also, throws to spots he doesn't really throw receivers open like people in the media like to push like put that narrative out he throws the spots and one of his interceptions no three of his interceptions the last two weeks have been him throwing to a spot and so we're we're seeing we're seeing the issues that have clearly shown up that was on tape for him coming out of iowa Iowa state he was just masked as i continue to say by the avengers Right, no Debo Samuel, Chris McCaffrey's been limited. Trent Williams is not there, and now he looks like a different guy. Now he played solid ball for three quarters, but then when the game was on the line and they needed you to keep up with someone, keep up with Joe Burrow, that's when you start making mistakes because now the pressure is mounted. Yeah, DP, this is something I, I want to continue to have this conversation. So we'll bring this back up another time, right? There's sometime during this week, man, we could bring this up because this is going to be a very interesting case study because you're talking about a team potential, you know, like Super Bowl contender, right? And just three mm-hmm. weeks ago, people were saying this is the best team in the NFL. He was right an now, MVP candidate. Yeah and, yeah, and he was an MVP candidate, right? So we had mm-hmm. a lot of things going at that point. But DP, let's keep this thing going. Let's keep it flowing, man. Next up, we have our rookie report where we highlight all of the best rookie performances from this past weekend stay tuned whenever the game clock stops it's time to order in with doordash guys i live in the greenville south carolina area and one of my favorite places to order from especially for dessert is the cheesecake factory i ordered me and my wife both love it we love the different assortments and varieties and 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 the different uh flavors that they have to offer so you think about having a great meal for dinner and everything but then finishing it off with a nice piece of reese's cup you know, cheesecake, right? Double chocolate cheesecake, whatever, the red velvet cheesecake. 
that is delectable. And I love it. Me and my family enjoy it, guys. And you can do the same thing, right? You can use the DoorDash app and order it yourself. And you know what else you can do? You can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. And enter the promo code LOCK23. That's a that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCK23. The rookie report, Keith. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's start it. We, we have to start here, right? We have to start with Will Levis, right? Will we have Levis. to start with Mr. Mayonnaise and his coffee eating the, the banana <laughs> peel with the bananas. DP, we have to start with Will Levis. And we, we we're scouts, right? We're nationals, you know. We're national scouts. We 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 do this, um, you know, at a high level. And there was a lot of conversation about Will Levis DP being a top five pick, the number one overall pick, right? It was arm strength, it was athleticism, it was he's extremely intelligent, right? And then the process didn't necessarily play out at Kentucky. And I believe that we both gave him second round grades, right, going into right. the draft and. You know, that was second round grade, but still expecting him to go in the first round just because his quarterbacks and quarterbacks get pushed up, right? Just based off of the value charts and all of those type of things. But he wanted to go in the second round to the Tennessee Titans, DP. And we talked about it last week that Tennessee wasn't necessarily a great destination for a quarterback. Credit due. Will Levis makes his, I believe this was his first NFL start, first right? NFL or, start. Or, or, yeah, playing a lot. I mean, did he even start the game? I, I cut it on. I don't even know if he started because Malik Willis played also. So, yeah. Um, but just the, the, the stats, right. And 65% completion percentage, which is good. Uh, 238 yards passing, which is good Four touchdowns, DP four touchdowns, man. Uh, I, I want to talk about this performance and did it move you, right? Like I said, we both gave him second round grades. Did it move you at all on the Will Levis conversation? No, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. It didn't move me one bit. Um, I give him his credit, Keith you know, for what he was able to do. But, let, you know, the numbers was interesting, right? And you dove a little bit deeper into it. So he's 19 and 29, 238, four touchdowns. So outside of the 128 yards that um, he threw to DeAndre Hopkins, who was open on like three of those catches that were touchdowns, um, he threw for like 101 yards to the rest of the receivers. And his yards per his yards per tent were lower. It, and just watching that, I'm gonna tell you what I saw from that game. I saw what Kentucky did for him in college. Heavy run game. You show the play action, deep five, seven step drops off the play action, clean pocket. It was, you know what I'm saying? Like DeAndre Hopkins ran a double move. He ran a stutter and go on one of his touchdowns, got Richie Grant to bite up. And it's like, okay, anybody from a clean pocket is gonna make that throw. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So then you got the crosser, balls on the back shoulder, you know, to DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins makes the – he's got like 10-inch hands or 3X gloves and all the stuff like that. He makes a great play. And then I think it was the one where, truthfully, I felt like that should have been OPI because it's the first touchdown to, to D-Hop down the left sideline. D-Hop no, basically that, throws A.J. Terrell out of bounds. That was 100% like, offensive I was like, I was I was watching that. I was actually watching that game live when that happened. And I thought for sure – it, it almost felt like um, A.J. Terrell, right, in that moment, he knew for sure it was offensive pass interference, so he was kind of like, I'm good. Like, yeah, he, no, for was, real. <laughs> this was blatant, right? Like, this was not even hard, 
and then they, he looked at the ref, and the ref was like, just didn't the ref the turned a blind eye like that. It, it, it had to be one of those situations where the ref wanted some excitement. Like, man, look, this game has been boring, man. You're talking about Desmond Ritter versus Will Levin, the Tennessee Titans. I need some type of excitement, man. We got to figure this thing out. Um, I don't even I, want I mean, you 100%. Like I said, he, he made the throws that were there, right? The open throws, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But what happened when I start, what I saw was when, when Atlanta started to get pressure. That's when we saw kind of the the Will Levis from college holding on to the football. When guys were covered, they put when 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 the Falcons with the press man and played physical, rewriting receivers. You saw Will Levis kind of get kind of skiddy back there because he's like, oh man, like my first read isn't open, and I don't know where to go with the football now, right? And he made like I said, he made some impressive throws. He had one to Traylon Burks that was that broken was- up by Richie Grant, and it was a dime. I give him yeah, all the credit then, in the world for that throw. That was yeah. A I think throw. if we're talking about the same throw on the sideline. I yeah. think that was his best throw. Like the, the mm-hmm. incomplete oh, was his best throw. Pressure, uh, he was pressured. Point. He was kind of fading uh-huh. back a little bit on the back foot, and he just ripped it. And it's like, you know, he didn't do anything that that surprised me, Keith, because the we knew what did I, what, did, what was my report for for the draft network? His throwing motion, his footwork, all that stuff looks good. Everything looks aesthetically pleasing. It's okay when I get you off that first read and different things like that. Where do you go? And I think that's why. For me, I'm not moved. Now, go out there against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Also, the Falcons have uh, one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL, and they lost Grady Jarrett to a 20 ACL in this game. Yeah, this right. game, the Thursday night, which we'll get to in a couple days, oh, you got T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. I think Cam Hayward's back. Yeah, yeah it's a little different. Nick Herbig. We're going to see if you have as much time in the pocket this game, but I want to give him his shout-out, Keith. But were you moved by the performance? No, I – DP, and I don't know if it was the colors, right? It just looked like Kentucky to me. Like the, the blue uniforms, like you said, him taking those seven-step drops with a hitch, uh, hit his back foot, and then letting that thing rip. Like, like that's what Will Levis does. Like, that's that's why people wanted him to go top five, right? Now, the question was, was all the other things and details that we've seen, because we've seen him have good games in college, but I think it was like the Tennessee game, not oh, yeah, he Tennessee the last up. year, but the year before, right? He threw for, I think, like, yeah, like 300 yards. So we've seen those type of throws. That's what got people excited. I Like you said, it's, it's just once that's taken away and we play cover four, we play too high shells, stuff like that, and then we force you to make all the underneath throws and read the defenses, we'll see. And I don't mean to say that in like a, man, you know, we're hating on him. That That's not the no. case. I'm just saying that that was the, the good parts, right? That's just like if it's a running quarterback and he gets in the game and start running the football, I'm going to be like, okay, that's what he did in college, that's, right? That's they, his they, so, <laughs> Yeah, so we, we, we'll see, man, because at the end of the day, right, and we talked about this and we're starting to see the, the process happening. This is why you tap into the locked NFL draft, right? What did we say? You had two quarterbacks. You have no idea if either one of them is good, right? You have eight, nine games left to the season. It was time to figure it out. I, yeah. That's where I'm at with Will Levis, too. It's just time to figure it out. If he's good, cool. If he's bad. We have to figure this out, right? And I think that's where the Tennessee Titans should be with this situation. So my overall grade, I will give him, I'll give him a, a A to step in there, make the throws he had to make, lead his team to a win. Um, you know, look confident, like I said, make the throws. But we also know there's still more to this resume that needs to be played out. We don't want to overreact, like you said, people. Three weeks now ago teams got tape on you. They know what you like to do. They know what the how yeah. to off. How they want to structure the offense around you. I expected the Pittsburgh Steelers to try to take away DeAndre Hopkins and tell you to beat them with Westbrook and Kenny. To tell you to beat them with Chigo Conquero and, and and uh Traylon Burks. Can you do that in your second yeah. start? We'll see. Come third, but we have time to talk about that on Thursday. Keith, I want before we transition another part of rookie report. Bryce Young, right? 2022 20, 20 of thirty one. 
235. Got his first win. He had a passing touchdown. Uh, got his first win of the season, man. And, and it's, it felt good. I know Panthers Nation uh, losing their minds on Twitter, um, you know, because they're happy, man. Like, you know, they, they they had nightmares of being the next, you know, 0-7, the first 0-17 team, right? You know what I mean? To be the next you, Detroit you Lions. Tell, from- BP, you got to tell your local Carolina residents, they have to relax, man. They, <laughs> they have to relax. They after they went, they don't know what that like, means, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they no, don't know was, what relaxing means. Like they yeah. are on ten from the moment they wake up every single morning. You know what I mean? I, like I'm more than sure now after one win, right? They think that they're a playoff contender and they can make oh, yeah, some noise, bro, right? You should have heard the talk at training camp. They thought Bryce Young was about to take them to the to the playoffs. I was like, <laughs> guys, your team is not that good. <laughs> right, we, I we, promise you. And then now they, they hate all the receivers. They think the old line is you know is, is god off. It's like guys, it's it's a lot you got to fix. But I shout out to, to him. You know what I mean? I feel like that game was, was a really good game to me. I think we could have been talking about CJ Stroud if CJ Stroud got the ball back. So it's like Bryce got the ball back last. He ain't give it back. He ain't give it back to CJ yep. with time left on the clock. So shout out to Bryce Young, man. No, definitely that was a that was a good performance. Happy to see those guys battle it out right, and then both of them look like worthy uh both of them look worthy of the the selection right they both look like first round picks where hey let's just get the rest of this stuff around me together and i could be able to you know play some football make some really talented throw but dp let's keep it going man matter of fact dp coach dp coach k man let's jump in let's hand out these game balls Score early this NFL season, guys, with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, brand new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Let me repeat that. New customers are today tight. You sign up today or tomorrow. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Guys, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, first things first, why are you thinking? You should be doing it right now as you talk to me. Go sign up. Secondly, guys, there's no better place or time to get in on all of the action, okay? There's no better time. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Coach K, after week eight of the NFL season, who gets your game ball? Oh, DP, I'm going to make some people mad with this one, DP. I'm going to oh, make boy. some people mad, but I am going to the Dallas Cowboys locker room. I'm giving my it. game ball to Dak Prescott. Yes, young man, you deserve it. You deserve it. 25 or 30 run, 300 yards, 80% completion percentage, four touchdowns, and only one interception. It's time to give this guy credit, right? Because when they lose, we say Dak Prescott lost them the game, right? When they right. win, we say that the, the entire team won the game. Like, and, and it's, we, we can't have it both ways. Even if they blow a team out, it's like, oh, yeah, Dak Prescott is just a product of this. Or, you know, and I just watch him play high-level football, man. He made some great throws yesterday. Oh, what, I think the first touchdown of, was that Jake Ferguson, I believe, um, him mm-hmm. running the seam. And it was a beautiful touchdown throw. Right. It's like, you, this is ball placement right here. This is where you throw the football. This is how you throw the football. This is, this is what it looks like if you're a top. 10 top 12 quarterback in the NFL. So I had to give my game ball to Dak Prescott because, like I said, it, it's, it's much deserved. Like, we can't say that this was just strictly run game, right, and, and, and they were able to, t- you know, hand a ball off 30, 40 times to Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott made plays in this game. And you see him adjusting 
within this system and they're they're figuring it out him and him and mccarthy are figuring it out as they go along right of like okay how do we get the very best versions of Dak prescott because we know it's in there because i believe in what was it 2021 i think he threw for what 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions but everybody acts like that season never even happened right so man i had to give my credit to uh, Dak prescott no, I, I love that Keith because Dak played. He, you know, outside that one interception, he was phenomenal. Him and CD CD Lamb were on the same page all game long. That was a dominant win by the Dallas Cowboys. For me, Keith, I got to go to the Big Apple and Zach Wilson, man. And don't get me wrong, the numbers aren't great, right? He was seventeen and thirty six, two hundred forty passing yards, six point seven yards per per uh, per completion and per attempt. He had one touchdown, right? Sack four times. Shout out to Kayvon Thibodeau. Like I, it was some rando nerds on some New York radio station arguing with uh you know former Giants great Carl Banks about how not feeling the presence. Like you felt the presence of Kayvon Thibodeau yes on, on this past weekend because he had three three sacks in that game. But Keith down in this game, they needed to get to overtime, mm-hmm. and Zach Wilson just made plays. And then I think it was in overtime where they needed they needed to get into field goal range to tie it up. He made the throws to get him down there, and he just continued to make plays, man. And him and Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson was able to, to, to really win that matchup with Deontay Banks, right? You know, with, with Banks having a stretch of really good games, this was the most production he had allowed in, in like six or seven weeks. So Zach Wilson, man, like he he's grown in a lot of different ways because the old Zach Wilson in a game like that, even though, Keith, I'm going to give you these weird numbers, the Giants were six of fourteen for negative nine yards in passing. Like the old Zach Wilson, probably still would have lost that game. <laughs> yeah, you know he what I'm saying? Because he, he would have just kind of he, he his confidence wouldn't have been there. But you see the confidence in this young man to still just keep throwing, keep punching, and and that helped that helped them get to I believe their record now is they're four and three. They're above five hundred. So I gotta give Zach Wilson some love. Yeah, well, Coach DP, I'm surprised at that game ball, but I, I agree. I'm with you. That that game ball was a, a curveball. I, was I wanted to give it to Kayvon, but Kayvon, they didn't win the game. They so didn't I win the game. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm with you, DP. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. But listen, that wraps up another show, man, of Locked On NFL Draft, man, with your favorite duo, favorite dynamic duo. Let me add in the extra adjective to that, man. Uh, I am Keith Sanchez. You can find me on Twitter at Detailing Code. That is DP Damian Parsons. You can find him on Twitter, DP underscore NFL, man. Y'all, y'all like what y'all hear? You don't like what you hear, man. Y'all tweet at us. Y'all talk to us, man, because we like to talk back. We like to talk football, man. We do this 24-7, 365. Make sure you tap in every single day. Listen, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get the latest episode as soon as it's available, guys. Thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listens today and every day, Monday through Friday. Thank you for being our everyday as on tomorrow's show. Listen, we're going to have draft scenarios. We're going to have maybe another installment of Dames Dudes. We're going to have a lot more coming for you on tomorrow's show. So come and join us again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.